morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the show. It's a boy live episode 13. You might want to turn it down a little bit there. Yeah, man, we're going to bring you in the episode 13, Habari Live. Uh, this week, we're going to go over the news and what's going on in the world of uh, Hollywood, entertainment, sports, and, you know, the regular news. First, we're going to introduce our guest, the founder of No Backboards Basketball League. The No Backboard Basketball League is um, one of the most innovative visions of basketball versions of basketball available today. The league introduces innovations with the hoop the ball, and the gameplay to create a totally different game, a different game that challenges every aspect of the modern basketball athlete, skills, and its sets. Let's welcome Mark T to the show. What's up? You good? What's happening? What's happening? Bring the mic on a little too closer to you here. Like this? Yes, sir. Okay, let's we go We got ahead. you. Oh, that's... Now I got it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I got this now. There we go. Hey, uh, did you write that or did you read that? I, I stole it from your site. It's beautiful, beautifully written. It. <laughs> beautifully it sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds good. Hey, also, my man right here? What's his name? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody should know him, though, by now. DJ Mustard, at DJ Mustard with a Z on okay. IG. Mm-hmm. You, up, D- DJ? you DJ? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My name is DJ DJ Mustard with a Z and Swiggo by. <laughs> you know there's a DJ. DJ. There's a huge DJ? DJ Mustard, right? Well, actually, so it's funny you said that. Uh, so okay. <laughs> he actually changed his name to, it's only Mustard now, and it's with an S. Okay. So I peeped that, and I was like, you know, I kind of like this name, but just like you said, you know, there's the hip-hop guy, DJ mm-hmm, Mustard. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's always DJ Mustard with a Z, you know what I'm saying? I got to be a little different. Right. Okay. So, so I, I, I peeped that. I peeped that. I peeped. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, gentlemen. We appreciate you coming through, man. Um, it's going to be a, a great day here. We're going to talk about a lot about your league, and um, I want you guys to break it down to me, Mark. How did you come up with the league? Why did you bring this league to the city, and how important is the the league to you? Uh, great question. So uh, the No Backboard Basketball League, uh, the vision of it is a recreational, new recreational basketball mm-hmm, platform. Mm-hmm to provide opportunities for black and brown individuals mm-hmm. to actually own wealth creating assets yeah. in the sports in the sports space. It's really and that's a result of I created a game. Right. After talking to uh venture capitalists and realizing um some holes, mm-hmm. it's great I had a game, but how are you gonna make money? Right. What's the business model? Right. So the No Backboard Basketball League technically is the vehicle to make basketball the remix, the modern interpretation of the original game, available to the public. Right. And then create a vehicle for new opportunities in a variety of ways. Wow. I mean, every I've met you before in another business venture, and uh, I've always loved everything about your drive on how perfect you want your league and your vision of your league to look, how Mm. it's represented, how you want people to see it is very, very important to you, man. How how much have you invested time, emotion? How much have you invested just getting this started and getting this going? And um, when exactly did you start? Now that's a, that is a good question right there. Um, In a nutshell, 
about 1997, 98, I had wow. opportunity to get exposed to the idea of playing basketball without a backboard. Mm-hmm. I was serving as an assistant at a summer camp where a gentleman had a facility built for volleyball, but he put these netball hoops up. Okay. And being a college, a former college Division I athlete, basketball player, I just start shooting on him, shooting on him. Organized kids and saw the kids play with them. None of them ever asked where the backboard was. Wow. Because <laughs> yeah, that would have been like, uh, <laughs> they were just playing. Right. Somewhere, right? <laughs> but the light went off when I started to go and play because I was still active at that time. Mm-hmm. I would go play, and I'm a career 50%, 49% D1 basketball player from okay. the floor, right? Okay. But 17 foot in. Okay. Right. right. I was shooting the ball at a at such a high clip from the three mm-hmm. that I knew there was something there. Right. Because I was fundamentally sound, but the addition of training on this hoop with no backboards is in a smaller hoop. Mm-hmm. Um, just by simply doing that, not working on my technique, my form, and nothing. Right. That was there, but that wasn't the focus. My sh- I would walk in and no longer were they like, hey, we want to because you're 6'6". Six, six. Like, no, we want to because you can shoot shoot, the ball. And that started the process. Um, So the idea for the game came. And then I actually read Bill Gates' book, The Road Ahead. Okay. And then the vision for wanting to do something with the internet. Mm -hmm. And then finally, uh, I had, I was sitting in a, I was sitting in a Bible study. And uh, this man prophetically just declared that there are industries inside you. And I grabbed it. Wow. I grabbed it and I started me on a journey. Fast forward, um, 2002, mm-hmm. uh, got a patent issued on a basketball game apparatus and method of play. Wow. Did a series of proof of concept events, um, 2004 through 2007. And then about 2007 to about 2011 was efforting to trying to get some type of television programming. Right. Was unsuccessful. And so I just took a step back mm-hmm. waiting for, what I like to say, my my Noah season. Right. Meaning the original vision from 1997 was a network of facilities that play this sport only that are all connected through the internet, Mm -hmm. bypassing cable, bypassing networks, and delivering it directly to the end user. Now, if I told you that in 2000, your eyes would gloss over. Right. If I told you that in 2010, your eyes are still glossing over mm-hmm. the ability for anybody to do what we're doing right now right right in this studio mm-hmm. someplace in phoenix and anyone in the world can see us right. if they have the channel mm-hmm. is something that has probably been coming available maybe about five years ago yeah. but every year after that it's more and more accessible mm-hmm. so when the pandemic hit that was my sign to pivot i left corporate America. Wow. Left my job. Oh. And uh started ride sharing, got incorporated in July, uh invested into hoops, invested in some demonstrations mm. to get the idea out there. And now we're doing uh I'm doing a traditional capital raise mm-hmm. as well as we launched a crowdfunding wow. campaign on Patreon which we call the Social Club. Right, right, right. Yeah, um that's that's amazing, man. With this a little bit of time, I I I really was going to guess you've been doing it as a business way longer than that, just because just how put together everything has been. Uh, you have a new season coming up with uh, 2022 in a couple months, right? Which, where's you going to, um, when is that going to launch? And um, when can everybody come in and check you guys out? 
Great question. So <clears throat> our next step is we're going to do a series of beta test leagues, mm -hmm. and we're going to make those games available mm -hmm. to them in full form to the members of the social club. Okay. So for the next 12 to 18 months, most of our games are only going to be available behind gated content to the social members of the social club. Okay. We want to use our social club as a focus group, okay. a marketing focus group right. to help us tweak it, mm -hmm. refine it, right. make it polished, make Definitely. it sing and snap because it's all in my head, but I know I don't have all the answers. Right. So I think it's important to have a season where it's shared amongst a community of supporters mm -hmm. like, Hey man, I, I'm going to support you on this. Right. You know, and in exchange for that, great. Help me. Give me your feedback. What right. do you think about what this? Do you think you can help? Yeah. So I, what I envision is on the other side of that 12 to 18 months, we would do a serious public launch mm -hmm. where we'll actually have a facility, right. our own facility. Right. And then at that point, people, it'd be widely open to the public, but we don't want to be premature and put something out there that, to your point, mm -hmm. isn't as polished, put together, and strategically ready mm -hmm. for the marketplace. Because right. once you put it out there and you want people to pay money for it, it needs to be tight. It needs now, to be ready to go. When you're building this group, that's what you're building. It's like a subscription, right? Mm -hmm. People are going to pay to be into this group to help out and everything. They're going to donate. Donate. It's a, crowd, it's a crowdfunding platform, but instead of asking for a one-time donation and then you get a t-shirt mm -hmm. i'm saying hey can you subscribe to this for 12 to 18 months and that will provide the revenue stream for us to do a variety of things over the period of time including getting into a facility launching an ip channel uh, a global ip channel and refining the game mm -hmm. and for those that help us with that process what i'm excited about is we will develop a social governance utility nft okay okay so from my tech from my tech background mm -hmm. i understand blockchain conceptually nfts etc right, so in right. essence what that's going to empower us to do one of the things going to empower us to do is take that group that helps us refine the, the vision and then take it public mm -hmm. and grow those 100 facilities right those people will participate in the profits and royalties from all 100 facilities because they helped us launch this in the first oh, place. Hey, that's a good good investment. It's a definitely a great investment for someone who wants to help a startup, help a company that's going to do something great. And also in the end, you'll get something in return. And that's the that's the new business, man. When you when you see what's emerging out there, we're moving from markets to community economies. Mm -hmm. Right? Where because you watch our content we're going to take a portion of our advertising res revenue and send it back to the fans that watch our content. Wow. And the blockchain enables that type of capabilities. We're probably still several years away from that being really able to be executed seamlessly right. and easy, but that's the vision and it's going to happen. So what we're, you know, like I tell our guys, we've, we've launched a fantastic journey yeah. voyage, right. if you would lakeside. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're inviting people to jump on this shit. And we're going to launch to the metaverse and meet the metaverse as opposed mm -hmm. to wait for the metaverse. Right. And now we have to serve the metaverse. So I really think this is such a unique, unique time in history with the emergence of, of awareness, mm -hmm. technology, that if you can come to the market with something really new, really innovative, really exciting, right. 
but yet simple enough that a mass number of people can transition into trans, transition into it. You could really do something special, and that's what Definitely. we're looking to do. And I think it's you're doing something special, man. I, I love what you're doing, man. I think it's going to make a difference. My my main thing that I think people may really gravitate to is the having the option to train in these facilities and people coming in and able to say, Hey, I have a trainer who helped me and he helped me using Mm -hmm. this no backboard and it made me a better shooter. Mm -hmm. And then in return, you know what I'm saying? I went on to D2, D3, whatever it is, but this, these gentlemen helped me take that next step. And I think a lot of people would be uh, interested in, especially since it takes up your shooting ability and everybody wants to be Steph Curry. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You're looking at me for right, right. Jimmy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> everybody want to be Steph and shoot it from 40 well, feet. So. That's interesting you, you said that. Uh, uh, DJ Mustard, what was your experience? Because DJ, I met DJ Mustard mm-hmm. responding to some public outreach. The guys, hey, come out and check this out. Mm-hmm. And he's been such a blessing. He's been consistent. He's gotten it originally. But um, there was a moment where he hadn't shot on the hoops. And then there was a moment where he shot on the hoops and went and played basketball and then came back. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that experience, DJ. Um, yeah, so basically, um, just like he said, I reached out. Um, I responded to his ad or whatever. And I was very interested because, you know, just the concept, just like everyone else, right. no backboard, right. like. Right. <laughs> Weird. Interesting. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I went and I checked it out. And another concept that's really important about uh, what we're doing is that the rims are smaller wow. than the normal rim. You know, normal right. rims, 18 inches or 16 inches. Right. And, you know, it is only two inches. And if you're just not really thinking about it, you're like, well, that's not that big of a difference. Right. Well, when you're shooting from 30, 40 feet, oh, that, you know, yeah, when the spin and all of those mm-hmm. different aspects, that two inches makes a huge difference. Yeah, man. And um, just um, even layups. Right. If, if you're not focused, I mean, the ball's coming out. Right. So um, with that being said, when I first shot on it, um, you know, with not knowing Mark and I'm just shooting around, I'm like, I promise you, I'm not this bad at basketball. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm shooting and shooting. And I'm just like. All of these shots feel like they should be going in, and I right. just don't understand why. So I actually played, I think, maybe two sessions before Mark was like, you know, just so you know, the rim is smaller. And the light bulb went off. And I was like, this makes so much sense. Because DJ can shoot the ball pretty right. well. Right. Yeah, I yeah, I firmly believe so. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, not to do one or anything. But yeah, and um, yeah, so, and then after um, a couple of sessions of that, you know, I go back to playing around um, in doing my normal thing, and I'm I'm just shooting, and I'm like, all right, I know I was pretty good before, but this is just ridiculous. Like, I'm shooting <laughs> shots that I'm just kind of throwing them up. I'm like, let's just see what happens, and they're all going in, and I'm wow. like, wow. Yeah, so pretty much after, you know, one or two sessions uh-huh. of just focusing on, you know, the fundamentals, right. shooting, right. and just understanding that you have to um, – you have to shoot the ball right. You have to, you know, follow your form mm-hmm. and practicing on the 16 inch. And then I go back to like your regular gym, you know, where you have the backboard, you have a little more crutches and all that. Right. Just your game is just, it's way different. It's so that's, after that, that's what got me hooked. Let's see. I, I love your story. And that's like I said, that's exactly what I thought what people would gravitate to. And that's because, the consistent yeah, story. Yeah, man. Because people, Hey man, you can, when you can see the difference and shooting and, and different, that's all, it's all about aim. 
you make the aim harder, then you just open it up. It's like, oh my goodness, it's, it's like this is nothing compared to what I was doing before. Right. Let's uh show the people the the ball that uh that you guys are using, so they can get a good look at it and see how different it is. Make sure you get a good shot of that, Jim. You see this? Yeah, I see it. Man, you see the ball, man. It's it's totally different now. Why? Why did you want it to make the ball different, like in this uh, fashion? So to to clarify, I'm not the inventor or manufacturer of this ball. Okay. However, the vision always included a ball that wasn't a traditional basketball. Okay. So I just love the way things worked out. Right. Right. When I started to move, came across this guy. Okay. Uh, John Haynes, CEO of Rain Basketball. Okay. Uh, Rain Basketball. RainBasketball.com. You can Google Rain Ball. Rain Basketball. Okay. Um, and you can use promotional code UHOOP, U-H-O-O-P, to get a discount on the Rain Ball wow. at Rain Basketball. That's so awesome. that's U-H-O-O-P to get a discount. Now, the ball was designed for the human hand. Okay. So regardless of how you catch the ball, you catch seams. That's what your son said. Mm. He's like, I said, what do you notice? Like, like, you got you got seams everywhere, right? So it improves ball handling. Okay. It improves passing. Wow. It can even improve shooting. And it, it looks like it's a little smaller, right? It's not. I think what it is, wow. it, and that's an interesting observation. I think what it is is because it has so many more seams. Yeah. You have the it, it, it how you want to. Say? It looks smaller, but it's not. Still the same size. Oh, that's crazy. It definitely did look smaller when I saw it. I'm like, yeah. And, when and I, this one's not pumped up either. Okay. Yeah. When when I felt it, like it it was it was a normal ball. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying crazy. it felt it felt better in my hands than you know what I'm saying a regular one. So I have a uh, one of my uh, one of my partners out there. Shout out to uh, LT Lawrence Taylor, owner of Seven City Knights Real Grind Hoops. Mm-hmm. Um. You need to get them on your show as well. Okay. I definitely will. Okay. Uh, one of the premier trainers in the Valley. Uh, he has a couple of these balls that he's used with uh, one of his teams. Mm-hmm. And his immediate feedback was he had his guys warm up with the ball, pass, dribble, set, and then they went into their pregame and then practice. And he noticed a clear improvement in ball handling, passing, wow. and even shooting amongst the group. Wow. So because we play at a – much faster pace Mm -hmm. right we play on a smaller court right middle school side size 17 second clock second 17 second shot clock because of the pace of the game and we have our our rules create fewer stoppages no Mm -hmm. timeouts okay okay so we we don't have any timeouts out of bounds rules similar to soccer as opposed to basketball so it's the ball not the player okay so a guy could be sprinting towards the sideline chasing the ball down as long as the Ball doesn't bounce completely off the court. It's still in play. Okay. So imagine all the turnovers that are now eliminated right. and the play continues. And that, you, you did that just, just to keep up to the keep pace. The people going just don't want to stop. Just it's a modern challenge, right? It's a perfect, perfect, uh, perfect incorporation of innovative game with what we do when we go to the park. Right. Right. And it's going to make you better 
breathing techniques, better shape. You're gonna be able to oh, absolutely, longer. absolutely. To stop. I need to get out a there a million times. Yeah, you you're gonna need. The, I, mean, I told you you <laughs> need to. Hug so, up, man. DJ, what was I haven't asked you this, but DJ played in our beta event, and he he's he's an active player, so he plays in adult recreational leagues, and he played in our beta event. What did you notice with regards to the 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 pace and the wind you needed playing during the beta event compared to? Uh, just directly. Like, um, the main difference is the no stoppage of play. Right. So, um, our times are smaller than like your average league by far. Right. But the difference is with you know no out of bounds, you don't get that that one or two seconds of breath. Right. No timeouts. Let's go. You don't have that. Well, let's stop the momentum. You right. know, let's do our thing. It's. You have to play with what you got going on, and if you <laughs> if you can't critically think and keep up at the same time without help or without stopping, you're 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 gonna fail. Man. You you have to be in shape, and you have to really understand the rules because one of the main things that kind of slowed us down was we weren't very familiar, so there were stoppages, mm-hmm. but it. But that's not normal, and that's not going to be how it is in the future. Right. It's going to be going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's just um, getting everybody on the same page with right, the rules, but, getting used to thinking the way yeah. the game is going yep. and getting the flow going. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the no stoppage of play is definitely the biggest aspect because, um, just like you said, I am an active player, but, you know, I was even gassed after one or two games. And we play multiple games in one day. Right. So, and with – uh, I think we only have like one sub. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in shape and you're playing two or three games, like right. yeah, it's only like seven minutes, but seventeen it's intense. It seventeen is second shot clock. That's that's intense. Yeah, it, mean, yeah, you got to keep going. You got to get a moving, and you got to get a shot and get it going fast. What you what what uh Dan and Tony he had the seven seconds of left, right? Yeah, I think he used to play with a seven second uh shot clock. He got that from my coach Paul West. Said stop it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I played for yeah, Paul West at Loyola Marymount University. Oh, my goodness. You played in a little while, man. That's a story, yeah. storied school, man. Storied yeah. school. So, but to DJ's point, to bring some some clarity, right, mm-hmm. the different format. So <clears throat> our rec league, is, our, our league format is set up currently four teams. Okay. They play 12 games, one winner. So they play each other in a series of round-robin games. Yeah. Then we take the results of that. We see them in a single elimination mm-hmm. games. They play that, and then they have a winner. Wow. Right. Right now, we're targeting $500. Right. Man. So within that, each game is either seven minutes mm-hmm. or 10 minutes. So what he's saying is, though a game is significantly shorter than what you get in the way you pace in the recreational league because there's no stoppage in the pace of game. Mm-hmm. As well as the extra stress right. of no backboard, adjusting your game on the fly, mm-hmm. it takes much more out of an athlete. Definitely. The benefit we see is all of this together creates the ultimate basketball training platform. Because yeah. simply by coming out and playing, mm-hmm. assuming you have a good foundation, you're going to get better. Yeah. You can't help because you have to play better right. <laughs> demonstrate a higher level of skill mm-hmm. doing this than you do traditional basketball. Definitely. So then when you go back to traditional basketball, that's going to be easy. It's a, it's a wrap. So that's when we easy. get our first facility and I get, I get back, I'm not coaching again until I get my first facility. Okay. When I get my first facility, I'm going to start coaching club basketball again. And I'm looking forward to that. Man. 
Hey man, nothing but great luck for you guys, man. I I, I think um, the future is going to be great for no uh, backboards. I love everything you guys are doing, and um, I will do everything I can to make sure that uh, people hear about you guys and uh, get the word out. What's what's going on with you guys' league and uh, the great things that you guys are doing? I've got something for you guys too. So uh, I don't know if I got anything over there big enough for big board. But if you guys, <laughs> if, if if you guys can't wear these, uh, definitely sow the seed to somebody. So have a hoodie. DJ DJ Mustard loves the hoodie. Have oh, the hoodie. Man. I do. It's my favorite. It's my nice, favorite. Man. And then we got a couple of uh, got a couple of t-shirts for you as that well. No nice. backboard basketball league t-shirts. We really appreciate it, bro. That is really dope, man. You guys are awesome. This um no basketball leagues and it's a uh, no basketball. No I'm backboard so, no, basketball. League. No backboard. It's a mouthful. It takes a minute. <laughs> Go to and it's no back backboard basketball league.com too. No, no backboards dot no backboard backboards.com. No backboard no backboard.com. No backboard, no okay. <laughs> See, we're gonna clean it up eventually. So mm -hmm. we got no backboard.com. That's the website. So in BBL. Is what you probably go through in the future, something like that. Man, I got I got so many things back here. You know, I got a couple of alternatives I can yeah. flip at any moment. I do. Yeah. Um, and then our social media tags are at no backboards. Okay. With an S. Okay. So we got that. I'm actually trying to capture both sides of it. Yeah, so man. That's the so way no backboards.com. BS. Check them out. Uh, go to the site. Make sure you hook up with Mark T. Uh, yes, he's uh, a great gentleman and uh, he's really, really uh, destined to see great things with this uh, site. Uh, let's go to a quick commercial, bro. Um, we'll be back quick second here. Just going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back here. It's not that long of a break. We're gonna what we're gonna do is uh go back to uh Habari Weekly. If you guys, uh, we're gonna talk about just some uh, weekly news and everything. Yeah, let's you guys do this. Wanna, um, chime let's in. Do this. Yeah. Chime in. Okay. Um, this week we're gonna talk about uh, Biden expected to to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. Mm. The president promised highlights a group that has been uh, underappreciated in the the law period. In the nation's higher federal courts, uh, President Biden and his legal team have spent a year preparing for this moment. The chance to make a good on his pledge to name the first black woman to the Supreme Court at a time of continual racial reckoning for the country. For the country, the decision by Justice Stephen G. Breyer to retire will give Mr. Biden his first high-profile opportunity since taking office to reshape the federal judiciary. Having already nominated dozens of district and appeals court judges from a range of racial, ethnic, and legal backgrounds. Mm. The short list of people, of uh, black women, included Katinja Brown Jackson, a 51-year-old judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, who graduated from Harvard Life School and clerked for Justice Breyer, and Leandra R. Kruger, a 45-year-old justice on the California Supreme Court who graduated from Yale Law School, and clerk for former Justice John Paul Stevens. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity uh, to get a, a black woman on a Supreme Justice, man. I, I always say that we can't change law from the outside, man. We can be outlaws. We can talk about being against what's going on in the world and against the country, but unfortunately, we can't change things from the outside. We can yell and scream all we want to, 
but you can't change shit unless you're on the inside. So getting Supreme Justice, somebody who looks like us in there to make decisions and, and, and have a, a, a voice, an opinion for the first time a black woman, I think it's a great step. And um, I think it's, it's very, very pertinent that this happens. And uh, I'm very happy that Biden did this. And this is to me why voting matters. Because with Trump in office, this would not be happening. Uh, we wouldn't see a black Supreme Court justice. Now, some people may not think that this is important, but this is very important. This is very uh, groundbreaking. This is history in the making. Um, we will see more black women come on as with people. And some people are very upset about this. We got Republicans already screaming that they're that we just pandering to a group instead of saying, hey, these are people who are. They're saying uh, we're pandering. Yeah, that's that's what they're saying on, on to the other side. You know, they're already upset because they're saying he's pandering to the group mm -hmm. and, and Biden, which he really and truly he has to do something for the who got him in office. We did. Right. Black women are the ones who got him in office right. to, be, to be for sure. For mm -hmm. sure. They voted the most for Biden. Mm -hmm. It was the biggest demographic. Mm -hmm. So um, him going out and doing something for the people who got him in office is not something new. Every president has done this. So uh, it's not pandering at all. And I it's think called that, politics. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's just how you build a coalition, especially nowadays with the Democratic Party. So um, what do you guys think? What do you think? Uh, do you think it's important? Do you like the move? Or do you think it's just um, just uh, eye candy for the people, just uh, for politics? I'll speak to it at a conceptual level because my head is so much into the no backboard effort that unless, unless, <laughs> unless the world is slapping me in my face, right. you know, um, I think the key, the, the look and appearance of the person is, is great. And it's, you know, it's critical for black kids and mm -hmm. the young adults to see um, opportunities, large elite opportunities right. that they can strive That's for, right. know they can qualify for. That's real. Um, I think the important thing is that uh, whoever, if one of these sisters do get elected, mm -hmm. that they have the right consciousness. That's real. You know, so and consciousness. And I think I think moving forward, we're going to see consciousness take forms in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. um, so that's. That's my biggest take. I think it's awesome. It's good to have another, uh, the example, but the key thing is that they have the consciousness so that when they are in, the, in power, mm -hmm. they are truly making decisions that are taking in consideration the needs of the community. That's real. That's real. Do you have anything on that? Are you? Um, I think I think everything you said was spot on. Um, as far as you know, we can we complain about a lot of things, and we say that things aren't on that things aren't fair. Mm -hmm. But if we're not in politics, you know, if we're not governors, if we're not, you know, any type of lawmaker, well, what's going to change? So I do think that this is important just because it provides another vision of what we can do outside of sports. I mean, you know, most people, what do we think about? You know, mm -hmm. like you said earlier, Steph, yeah. everyone knows Steph. Right. But do we know those names that you just named? No, that are potential candidates. We do not. So I believe that that's one of our issues right there. And mm -hmm. and you were spot on as far as we need to be more in the political aspect that's so real. that we can influence, you know, the other aspects of our life. That's real. We can't make changes from the outside. I know everyone wants to be against the government and hope that it fails and we can get a new one. <laughs> 
It's not. How long has it been around, man? Exactly. Yep. It's going to be here. So if we want to make chances, changes, we're going to have to get into what they are doing from the inside. And fortunately, too many of us has been getting into politics and becoming what the other people are. Right. Yep. Instead of changing it, they're going ahead and becoming changing into what they are and being evil that's, and, yep. and taking money from the poor. That's typically what happens because yeah. um, there's a saying power corrupts. Yes. And, power and, corrupts. and ultimate power corrupts. Ultimate. I agree. There's a way to change on inside, or you can create something completely new mm -hmm. that the old legacy can't control. Yeah. And you build out. Yeah. No backboard basketball league. A better example is Bitcoin, crypto. Yeah. You know, so, and I think that, I think that is the biggest threat that's emerging, that these opportunities are rising, technologies are rising, that if it's not, taken over by the government in some season, mm -hmm. it creates opportunity for people to break away. And that's why, you know, corporations are struggling. How come no one's working? Oh yeah. Cause they have options Yeah, and you guys were asleep at the wheel and didn't realize people have options. <laughs> they're, 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 and let me tell you, if you're making minimum wage or $20 an hour and you're dealing with a, a culture and environment that's abusive to you, disrespects you, Dealing with a uh, uh, an abusive, power hungry manager who's mm -hmm. never had any any true leadership training, mm -hmm. and you can say, "I can go do this and not have to deal with that." Man, that's an easy choice for a lot of people. Easy choice. I mean, um, a couple of weeks ago, a gentleman was was going to be hired on as a as an engineer where I work, and they disrespected this gentleman and offered offered him forty thousand dollars for an engineer position, and you know, and, wow. and he's. This is what they want to give you because he didn't have a lot of background. So they wanted to say 40,000. Like, dude, you can get that at a burger place now. Yeah. See, and that's the game they play because this is what I've learned, particularly about technology. Mm -hmm. When I got but when I got into the game, all tech all merging technology is created by hacks outside of academia. Right. The stuff you learn in school is is archaic. Right. So the point is it's more about in technology, what is your experience? What have you built? What have you put your hands on and done? Right. You know, and if so, if he's qualified, but they're trying to say you don't have, you know, maybe this degree or that degree. Yeah, that's how they get you. But his work shows that he's capable. That's how they get you. Yep. That's how they do it. And it's, it's bull. I mean, like I've been in the, the technology field for 20 years, man. And I haven't seen it move for entry level, move up from 40,000 yet. They've been doing that. Wow. They've been doing that for entry level. They've been doing that for at least, at least since 2005, 2004. Wow. You know, they, I mean, the cost of living is. Exactly. Has moved at exorbitant rates. We all seen it. It's just exploding. They're saying the dollar's losing 15% a year. Right. And wow. with inflation, and the rates of inflation going up every year, the 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 amount of twenty dollars is it's micro compared to what it used to be at one time. Um, at one time in the sixties and seventies, we we were able to live off that type of money, but those those days are long, long. The dollar ago. was much stronger right. as far as had more had more buying capacity. That mm -hmm. that's that's when a brother could work in Detroit. Mm -hmm. His uh, wife could stay at home. Cause sure could. Raise the kids yep. and have a strong family unit. Yep. And he'd own his home. Yep. 
Andy owned his uh, his car and was able to retire and, and have some money coming mm-hmm. to him. But they, I've I've also read that that was just an anomaly. You know, it was something in in time that we would never get to. It was probably the only time that that would happen. That happened because of a uh, um, lot of things ex- coming together at the same time with Vietnam and and I mean the World War II mm-hmm. and other companies and countries mm-hmm. not having infrastructure built up to be able to mm-hmm. manufacture and do mm-hmm. the things that was needed at that time because mm-hmm. of after the wars everything's everybody else managed uh, <laughs> every country was, was wiped up. out <laughs> so we were the only ones that had the infrastructure that to be sense. able to build that's why we had this just wide open range of just manufacturing mm. boom and that's it built something that we really thought was going to be able to we mm. were going to be able to sustain but really was unsustainable because everybody else was going to get back to normal and right. once they did then we came back to, to earth and um, we're looking mm. back at that as the good times but really there, there are times that it's unattainable we can't get back to that we have to figure out a way our economy to to reach forward but getting back on on um, something else on my next story, I got a um, fire rights group sue San Jose over proposal to make a gun owners carry insurance and pay an annual fee. Uh, San Jose uh, primarily approved the proposed ordinance on Tuesday. The Colorado based National Association for Gun Rights filed the suit the same day, adding a U.S. district in San Jose to prevent the city from enforcing the proposed ordinance on numerous constitutional grounds, including alleged infringements on the Second Amendment. The mandate requires residents who own a gun to have a homeowner's renters or gun liability insurance policy, specifically covers or damages resulted from any negligent or accidental use of the firearm, including death or injury or property damage. Now, um, I 100% agree with this because you got a cars, anything that you use that is danger or could cause uh, harm death to anyone you should have to have insurance for that now for people who are fighting against it uh, they're going to fight it to all the way probably to the supreme court but i think this is going to be the way to go to fight these correct gun nuts um we they don't want any law they just want free they want it like this everywhere where it's like how it is here where we just got the wild west um you see, you see the way these police shoot us out here. It's, it's, it's fear on type of ignorance, on type of training. But thinking that everyone has a gun is one of the most, it's, it's an issue. They right. think everyone has a, a gun. Right. Now, I'm not mm. trying to give them a pass because a mm. lot of people do have guns out here and they're very ignorant. I'm not giving them a pass because they need better training and they, should, they shouldn't be so fucking scared. But this is a problem, man. Guns in, in Arizona, the, the, I talk to people all the time. We are one of the worst cities when the top five when it comes to gun violence. Uh, people don't realize that, how bad this city is when it comes to gun violence. And that's why I've always been a big proponent against these things because I see the violence myself. I've had family members and, and friends I've lost in nah. this city from gun violence. So I, um, I've always been a big proponent for this and and i think that this should be something that should be going through nationwide i know that everybody's going to fight it but if you have a gun why shouldn't you be insured and making sure that if anything happens with that gun if it's stolen and something happens that it's covered the people are covered the the insurance is covered 
uh, their funeral is covered, hospital covered. Uh, that that should help. I mean, these are. Do you know how much money that these guns are causing us every year? No. Millions, millions upon millions that the city is having to spend. They send money to you get killed in the streets. They send you. They have to send out money, pay out. The city pays for this. Us as taxpayers, we pay for these kids getting mm -hmm. killed. We help to bury these kids. They take money from us to help to help bury these kids when you can't afford it. So and you're dying, and if you die from something, you can get paid. Also, if your kid dies from um, something bad in the streets, they usually try to. The city tries to help you out, especially if you are in financial itch trouble or something like that. Hmm. So, um, question about what you just said. Um, so you know how you said that, as far as you know, policing goes, mm -hmm. there are a ton of incidents. I mean, they're on camera. Too many. You know, too many. Definitely. So if an officer, you know does his thing and you know murders someone they're innocent yada yada so as it stands now mm -hmm. the city pays for what that officer did definitely didn't know that wow if the officer shoots kills harms anything the city pays for all that so yeah. another question so are police officers considered gun owners now i think there's loopholes in that because who they work for um, I don't think unless it was your personal gun, it's different than the gun when you're working for right. a, a company that offers and issues guns. But they typically keep their gun with them off duty. Mm. I don't know about that because I, I know they're supposed to keep them in lock boxes and I don't know if they supposed to. And I know when they get to work, they put them in lock boxes immediately as soon as they get to the office. Uh, when they come into the jails, they put them in lockboxes. I know that part there. Um, so I don't know for sure if they, if they have what the rules is on and stipulations on that. But I still would think that it would come to them too. I mean, I mean, I, to me, the city pretty much covers them for every much anything that they do, and they're fine li liable for, which is right. hard to do anyway. It's hard for get through the court system. We've seen it all the time. Right. People are going to always give the officer the benefit. But still, right. in the end, that court case, we pay for it. Right. Going to court, fighting it, we pay for it. You know what I mean? All this yeah. shit that's happening, man, it's still coming out of us as a city. And these things should be going to different things, helping the homeless, feeding the homeless. You know what I mean? Different things that we've been doing to making the city better instead right. of everybody shooting and killing each other. Right. I feel like. When I, when I was a little bit younger, I really wasn't worried about, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't really thinking about gun violence and all that and, you know what I'm saying, whatnot. I knew it happened, but it never really happened. Like, you know what I'm saying, happened to me personally. Mm -hmm. Then, mm -hmm. you know, what happened to my brother, that gave me a whole different insight view of, you know what I'm saying, gun violence yeah. and, how, how, and how, how bad it could, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. really be. Because I, I believe that as a country, we don't think it happen, It could happen to us until it's too late. Right. And um, uh, we we don't we all think we're the tough guy and we're going to pull we're going to pull. We're going to be the ones that's putting out the violence, not the one that's receiving it. Right. right. They, we never think of ourselves as the victim. We're always the punisher. Yeah. And um, until we realize that it could be the way in seconds, in easily, seconds. easily. Because whoever gets the drop on who is who's dead. It's yeah. not about who's how much skill you have, how much training you have. 
a 10 year old can drop to get a drop on the Vietnam veteran. Yep. Right. Who's been in a, a, a SEAL team and, and has all training. Exactly. That's but he's what. in there eating biscuits, chilling, and a 10 year old coming with the gun, he got the drop on him. It doesn't matter. That, right. That, I mean, this, people, I don't think we really understand it. We watch too many uh, John Wicks <laughs> and uh, right. John yeah. Wayne's and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies. And um, we, we, we get this in our head that this is what I'm going to do. Beware the on the beware the owner. Don't worry about the dog. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We're, we're tough. And it's it's American mind state, man, that unfortunately gets a lot of people hurt, man. And um the lack of uh the the thing that just resonates with me is uh the lack of the willful lack of accountability mm-hmm. that a gun owner doesn't want to have. They don't want to have any accountability right. for and that that's a troublesome mindset. Man. That's a troublesome, Very. you know, outlook in in that you. And what that says to me is, you the only life you care about is using yours. That's real. Because you don't want to have any. If you kill somebody by mistake, you're saying, "Oh well, I don't want to help right. cover any costs. I want. I don't want any responsibility, right. regardless." Right. And that, that's the troublesome piece mm-hmm. of it. And a big um, part of um, the issues we have is just stolen guns yeah. from, from owners. And and the gun mm. comes up stolen and people don't report it. And then it comes up. And that's another level of accountability I didn't think about because yeah. it comes, <laughs> it can be stolen, used in a crime, mm-hmm. and come up underneath you. Right, right. And right. I, to, to me, I think that, that, that you still, unless you reported it stolen, which a lot of people don't like to do, that's still under you. That's still your responsibility. That's your accountability. That you still should be held accountable. That's your for accountability. That. And, and that's just my belief for, for these type things. Wow. We're going to um, go that's into a commercial here. And uh, we're going to have Aisha come in and do some uh, quick things for Hollywood. And she has a test for you guys, too. Uh-oh. So uh, get ready for that. Let's do a couple <laughs> commercials, Jimmy, here. And we'll be right back. Hey, gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. Fantastic. Happy to be here. Perfect. Um, I am Aisha, and I will be your Hollywood hotness host today. Uh Uh-oh. Am I supposed to know some Hollywood news? (laughs) Haven't been keeping up with the blogs, Aisha. I know. I mean, you know, we like to, in Hollywood hotness, we like to give a shout out to, you know, we pick a story from Hollywood that's going on throughout the week. Everybody yeah. Hollywood. And Hollywood. we also pick out a local story that we like to talk about as well for the week. <clears throat> so this week for our Hollywood story, we are going to discuss Kanye. Again. Yet again. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't he ye? It is yeah. ye now. Yeah. I, I thought it was ye. That's yeah. the second. Yeah. Yeah. Second. Yeah. 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 Look, I'm just gonna call him Kanye because I'm tired of the name. Yeah, Jimmy. that's what we grew up with. Old Kanye, school, your man. mama named you Kanye. Yeah, I'm gonna exactly. call you Kanye. by your government name. 
All right, so this week, Kanye has decided that um, he's going to team up with a brand called, um, it's a streetwear brand called Skid Row. Hmm. And they are doing a fashion week. And he has decided that the people that will model all of his clothing for mm-hmm. the Skid Row Fashion Week mm-hmm. would be the homeless people. Okay. He says that 100% of the proceeds will be donated to uh, the less fortunate people on Skid Row. Okay. I mean, that is a good thing. you know. Proceeds from the show or proceeds, proceeds from the- Proceeds from the show, from, from, from the Fashion Week show. Okay. All that will go to the homeless people. Um, currently, there are about 60,000 people living um, on Skid Row. And this is according to the brand, uh, the fas- the streetwear brand that Kanye is partnering with. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to call it a couture fashion show, kind of. I mean, they're trying to be like the next... Big fashion week, like New York okay. Fashion Week and things like that. But right. the show's in LA. Yeah, the show is in LA. Okay. And he's going to use all everyone that's going to model is going to be all homeless people. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to play out, considering that mm-hmm. you know that's going to take a lot of work, considering you know mm-hmm. appearances. Like, are they going to you know mm-hmm. just leave them look bummy? Right. right. Like, exactly. I didn't really want to say the word, yeah. but, you know. Are they going to look homeless like or are you, you going to help them? And are they going to look like a, nor- people, a normal right, model? Right. 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 I, I, ugly. They ugly. Simplistic. Oh, my God. They so, his shoes are so much work. Y'all hate on Crocs. Y'all need to look at his slides. His slides have so many holes they in them. like prison slides. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree there. That them is not easy. That, those are called the I did 15 to 30 years. Right. Threes. Those those are what they call. Yeah, so I'm I'm really I'm wondering is he gonna use all sixty thousand people like the brand states that you know that are people that are homeless on homeless, right? Or is he gonna just choose the best looking Homeless people. That's that's the thought that, that I had. Exactly. I feel like I feel like when you pick up show. when you pick up homeless people, you don't they don't think about oh man I'm gonna be in a fashion show right like you want you want food right is he gonna help them you know with haircuts it's Kanye makeup it's Kanye they pick them up hey bro put these clothes on real quick <laughs> click click bye <laughs> not not give them no food or nothing. You, click, click. Gonna, you really think he gonna do them like that? Smile for me. All, all right, right, all right, we'll, everybody, we'll jump off. <laughs> we'll see. The, the fashion show is going to be in February, so we will oh, that's, see. Yeah, that's pretty. That's that, coming up. What that turns out like. Is that, Get the during, is that during Super Bowl week? Um, I don't think so. I feel like nobody gonna really worry. I think it's like the last week of February. Last or week something. of February. Yeah. Okay. Like I think Kanye knows not to not to do his 16. thing during football. I mean, you got to give it to him. He is an okay designer, but. The clothes just look you wear lonely. anything nowadays, right? The, like you know. So one of the beauties of things, and uh, on some levels, I think Kanye is a, a, a brilliant dude. 
and his resume. I mean, you got to give it to him. His resume is undeniable, and he's done everything he said he was going to do. Including, like, he is a master genius of publicity. Anything he does, anything he says, it's automatically You hear what he's going around saying now? Nah, I didn't hear what he said. Ooh, he... Yeah, he's saying uh, Ray J and uh, Kim K have a second sex tape, and he's saying that Pete Davidson have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he said I got kids now. He that was his one more wish. So, so I think I think with I think with the homeless thing, I think that's I think that's fly. It's going to be interesting to see how he turns out. Yeah, it's you definitely know, going to be interesting to see. One of my, you know, one yeah. of my takes, um, and I've had this conversation with several people is when it comes to the homeless. What I'm seeing now, there's this, I think there's really three categories. You have your men, you have your mentally ill. Definitely, I, they're going to demonstrate they're not capable of doing what he wants them, so they won't be in it. Right. You're going to have those that have fallen on hard times and don't have a support system to help them through. They're hard workers. They will get back on their feet. They just don't have a place to live. You know, well, they were doing something and the rug got swept from out underneath. You right. know, uh, critical dis- illness, disease, medical bills can make you go bankrupt. It is true. Overnight. Another reason why we need to reform our healthcare system. Yeah. You know, yep. that's another story for another day. You you have those. And then I think there's a group of people who have just chosen to check out. It's like, yeah. hey. I we're... mean, you know, so there I'm, have been times where we've I'm, talked to homeless people and they've said that, you know, just, it's a choice. It's, exactly. I choose it's, to be homeless. Exactly. So I'm really, I think the power of what he's doing, if he was able to provide some background stories on a few of these people. Yeah, that I think that would be nice. It, like it, to see if so like there's going to be some yeah, type of interview you know, prior to the just don't I, I, take the money and go get drugs. Of, right. I, I want to see how much of his his walk with Jesus is going to be reflected in this project. That is a good. That's a good. So th- that's that's why I want to see because that's going to be the measuring stick because you you're dealing with the. Is this going to be a benefit long term to these people? Because right. there's a difference between sharing proceeds from an event. Right. And sharing proceeds from the sales of a line. Yep. Ooh. And I didn't hear you say that. So I'm curious to see long term how this how plays the, out. Because right. if he launched something, he's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna this from, whole I'm gonna line. take I'm gonna take a chunk of the revenues from this ongoing line and this area that deals with homework. So I'm gonna start putting money back to help this area. Right. Two thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. But if I mean, he pimps you know, the situation for publicity, like Young Man said, then come on, yay, yee, yay, whatever your name yeah, is. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's <laughs> what my thought was. Because I mean, if you, you know, give up 50000 in, you know, the sales from an event, but you're making a million then, on the back end, right. I mean, and How you don't have to. Really benefit anybody? Exactly. And you don't have to pay them because they're homeless. You just, <laughs> you just give it to the foundation. You should have to still pay them. I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, is that, that going to happen? Before right. he wakes up. <laughs> right. So, like, kind of, what are all the intimate details? Right. Like, how, yeah. how, one, I want to know is how did this idea come about to use homeless people to market a clothing line or a collaboration? Is it just to get awareness for people that are homeless? Or is this something that, you know, we are aware of and we're going to try to help financially mm-hmm. help these people the get to a better position than what they are in. That's the question. That's the 
question. Because I mean, I think it's about it would cost about three billion dollars to completely assist all homeless people in the nation. Wow. Three billion. Well, they're staying homeless. No, I'm kidding. We would rather use three billion for. Don't tell me that. The the math on that is so simple. This what? There's three hundred and let's say there's there's more than three hundred million people in the country. Let's take half of them are in an economic position. What's that? One hundred and fifty million times fifteen dollars, something like that. It's a wrap. Right. We don't solve these problems because you know it's something that we could. so easily take care of that we just don't right we just don't we just look the other way so everybody support me my vision when i make a few billion i'm gonna do things like that (laughs) real talk get me (laughs) all right so we're gonna switch gears for a second we are going to discuss something local this week i wanted to discuss the rawlings case i'm not sure if you are aware but In 2019, um, Lacey and Daniel Rawlings were on their way home from shopping. This was during Thanksgiving weekend in 2019. They had some extended family over and things like that. So they went out shopping to grab a few things. And on their way back, you know, there was a storm. And in this area that they're in, it flash floods pretty much every time it rains. Wow. And... Over the years, there have been at least eight deaths due to the flash flooding in this area. Now, the couple decided that, you know, since they had driven through the area, they'd driven through the wash several other times and hadn't had any issues, they could make it through this time. That really wasn't the case this time on their way home. There were seven people in the car. It was a military-style vehicle. It was one of those uh, military-style flatbeds. A Humvee? Uh, I think it was called a Humvee, but I'm not huh. really sure. I wonder what they had. Um, but they decided that they were going to drive through the wash, and they got stuck. The car, the vehicle got stuck in the wash mm. because the flooding and all, of, right. all the excess water. Right. So Lacey and Daniel were able to get themselves and a few of the other children out of the vehicle, but they weren't able to get everyone. Hmm. Three of the children Children? remained in the vehicle and were swept away. Unfortunately, the children passed away. (coughs) Two of the children were theirs, and the third child was their niece. One of their children and their niece were found approximately a thousand yards away while their daughter was found 20 miles downstream. That's a huge difference. It really is. But, you know, the sad part is all that... It could have been avoided. Man. It all could have been avoided, right. She didn't try to stop him from going through the wash. He just, just, you know, as the driver of the vehicle, decided, I'm going to go. We can make it. And they didn't. And, you know, people in the community have, you know, they're rolling strong. They're standing up for them. Yeah. They think that they, they you know, they it was a mistake they right. made. So they shouldn't have to but, really pay people, for that mistake. People have to understand that um, 
the the city is sick and tired of the amount of money that they have to ex- expunge saving people from these situations. Right. They got to bring out helicopters because you didn't Rescue follow squads. the signs, rescue squads. You know how much money all this costs to right. bring out the whole rescue squad, helicopters, all this to try to get you, save you because you didn't want, you wanted to go through a puddle and play around. When we all told you it was flooding here. And there were signs. Several signs that he ignored. That- and people ignore them all the time thinking that right. I could just go through here and play games and then get stuck and we got to bring helicopters out. Just to save your butt. So, you know, it's it's people play too much and, and I feel sorry for for the kids having to pay the ultimate price for that. But as we have to stop playing with these with the floods out here, man. And it happens every time. Somebody has to get saved because they ignored all the signs. So is the city trying to extract money from the Rawlings? No. What they actually- had a lot of fines they have to pay though. There's a lot of fines they have to play, right? So where does the Rawlings Strong stand? Um, they the Rawlings Strongs comes from the community and surrounding areas, um, not wanting Lacey and Daniel to do any actual prison time. Got you. So <laughs> they were trying, and there was a petition, everything like that, to keep them from going to jail. The judge used letters from the community, from people in their community, as well as the child, their other children's statements to give them their sentence. Lacey has been uh, sentenced to four years of probation under a plea agreement that she reached with prosecutors in December. While Daniel, her husband, he was facing a hundred years in prison for child neglect, manslaughter, vehicular manslaughter and child endangerment. He ultimately only received five years of supervised probation. So neither parent who killed their children and their niece are serving actual jail time. They are home with their other children. Um, And, you know, one of the statements that was given during their trial or during their hearing was from the mother of the niece that was killed. And I'm not sure I understand why she forgave them for killing her child or why she felt that they didn't deserve to be in jail for killing her child. Right. I mean, I understand it was a mistake and mistakes happen all the time. But at the same time, your mistake caused children their lives. Those children were in your care, so right. But probation—that's and probation and community service—I just don't. I just don't think was enough. I think there's my my thoughts are so there are other children to these parents that are alive. Yes. How many? Three. There are three more. They had a total. So it's. This hits me several levels. Uh, one level, it goes back to th- this theme of the government being the government always the government being this support system to catch ignorant behavior from the public. Right. That this is why people who think they're elite and smart 
feel like they should just run everything. Historically, that has been the reason why certain groups of people have sought to have control over society because we have too many individuals out there that, for whatever reason, don't evolve to learn how to self-regulate their lives appropriately with in, in a manner that isn't a burden to right. the community. The second side of this that gets me is that you know, there's a level of justice, I think, that is based upon the audience that you harmed. Right. That's where mercy and grace comes into, right? Mercy and grace is that 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 um, unjustified benefit, unjustified. You don't deserve this favor. That's what grace is. That's what mercy is. They don't deserve it. You should be you should be killed. But whoever has the power to make that decision sees a reason to bestow mercy and grace on him. And I think the reason here is you still have three kids that possibly, we hope, because of this mistake, you're going to be outstanding parents for these three. Right. And then it comes down to the point, what's the cost? What's, what's the redemption back to the city? Right. for the cost of doing this can that can that be addressed so you know i'm of the opinion that if the community that's been offended is willing to extend mercy towards the people that did the offense i'm good with that because it's impacting them it's not impacting any of us from a, at least from an emotional standpoint right, right. right the way it would impact us is the percentage of our tax dollars that goes towards the government's effort to address that. And and here's where I can address that specific portion. Um, over the years, as I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. there were at least eight people that have died over this basin, mm -hmm. Tonto Creek. Right. Um, so it has a reputation. It has a reputation. So no one's like really surprised that it happened again. Right. But now that it has happened to children, Mm -hmm. The government has now granted $2 million to construct a bridge over the area to avoid this from happening again. Now, it takes it for it to happen to children for them to do this. When, they, when the city and the community have been asking for this bridge for years mm. prior to it happening to the children. Mm. And I just think that, you know... We've been asking you for this for X amount of time and you've denied us time and time again. And now that it's happened to our children, mm -hmm. what are you going to do about it? And they're like, OK, well, we can give you a bridge and it's two thousand two million dollars. And the construction mm. is set to start in October of this year. But they still haven't found the construction company. To take the contract. To construct the bridge for them yet. Mm. So I'm kind of, A, I want to know how big is the bridge going to be? Like how tall is that bridge going to be mm -hmm. due to the flooding in that area? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be high enough to where when the flood, when the waters does rise, that people can safely mm -hmm. drive over it without mm -hmm. being in a flooded area? Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I would like to know from that. But, you know, we'll see what happens. When they start doing the construction on it, we'll keep you updated. But, you know, we have one more 
item that we're going to discuss today. And that is your final exam. Oh, we got a, we got an exam. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a pop quiz. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Question number one. I'm going to let you know before I read the question. There are five questions. If you get three out of the five correct, we will donate to your charity of choice. Mm. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Ready. Number one. <clears throat> In the year 2000, mm. who was the first NBA player to record back-to-back 50-point games? 2000? Yes. In the year 2000. That's 21 years ago, back-to-back. I got to give that to Kobe Bean. Man. <laughs> What's your guess? Let's see, 50 points? Back-to-back 50. Back-to-back. Back. Back. You can get it one time, but to go back-to-back, back, you got to have game, I think. This could be you know, one of those anomalies I'm missing, but I'm going to go with Kobe uh. Bean. Man, I don't know. Two thousand. There's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That would be Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson. Okay, yeah. So I wouldn't have guessed that. Regardless. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. He asked us the question last night. We both said Kobe. We we both said Kobe last night. She's like, nope. I was like, uh, who? In one of the back-to-back games. Kobe did score 50 points that night. It was on December 6th. Oh, wow. <laughs> However, he didn't do it in back-to-back games. <laughs> right. Right. Who got more championships? No, <laughs> yeah, how many rings you got? <laughs> how many rings you got, bro? Question two. In 1891, oh, this- who invented the game of basketball? Do you know that answer? You should know that answer. If you don't know that answer. <laughs> oh, it's it's uh it's Naismith, ain't it? Yeah. James Naismith. Yeah, Naismith. He wasn't Dr. Naismith yet. Thank you for the layup. Yeah. This game is a layup. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the layup. Yeah, with the peach baskets, we know that one. We know that one. <laughs> All right. Which NBA player mm. has the most steals? Ooh. In a single season. You're going to say it's one of the answers he, we said my, last night. I think my guess is Chris Paul. See, he told you. I knew he was, I told you. I'm going to go with, I'm thinking of two, but I'm going to go with the brother. They called him the glove, Gary Payton. Mm. See? Hold on, hold on, hold on. That would be Alvin Robertson. Who the hell? Yeah, I don't even know who that is. He said Chris Paul. We said the same thing last night. Alvin Robertson, 301 steals in a single season. What What season was that again? Yeah, I'm curious about that. 1921, I was playing. Ooh, we. Yeah, there's no way. Nah, nowadays, everything's a foul. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Everything's a foul. I, I do believe that the current NBA season, we it, it's better. It's better as far as the foul calls are. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it, if, it is definitely better. If, than you, it has if you've been seen James Harden's stats, yo, his stats are down. Damn. And that's because of the rules. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think that they are, they're working on it for sure. But yeah, well, you know, my boy, are. you know what I'm saying, Steph Curry still out there shooting, like ain't nothing happening. He had an adjustment. All right, you guys ready? I. That's, what I NBA am. player has the most assists in a single game? I'm gonna go with Rondo. Will Chamberlain. And y'all said that with so much confidence. So much confidence. <laughs> I don't know. Our show's like, uh... Well, because uh, Will Chamberlain led the league in assists one year, and I know he's doing some crazy numbers, so I thought it might have been him. It would have been Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Scott Skiles. That's an, older, Scott that's an older generation, for sure. Scott Man, Scott, I sure yeah. don't know. Scott no, Skiles. He didn't know that one. No one's going to think of Scott Skiles off the top of your he t- head. He, th- he thought of it right off the top of his head when I asked him last night. You he knew it was Scott like, Skiles? Yes, I knew that one. How did you know that? He's old. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that someplace. He's old. That piece of information. He's like 78. <laughs> yeah, and when he played for them, he was at least what? 45 <laughs> at that time. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he has so many assists. He's been doing that. He had to pass the ball. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Not bad. Alvin Robinson? All right. Okay, yeah. Round one, pick seven. So he was the hot draft. Oh, yeah. You guys ready for the final question? Uh, yeah. This team Mm-mm. had the worst record mm. in the league in 2011-12. Oh, I don't know this one. I'll, I'm going to go with Cleveland. No, nah, I'm going to go. Because that's around that LeBron James leaving era. So I'm going to go with Cleveland. 2012? 11-12. The 2011-12 season. This team had the worst league in the record. Oh, I, we don't know. Wait, hold up. Worst me, record in the league. I don't know <laughs> this one. Well, right. I'm just going to, you know what, because I'm a Laker fan, I'm just going to throw shade. The Clippers. <laughs> the Hawks? <laughs> that would be the Charlotte Bobcats. Who? The okay. Bobcats. The Bobcats. That are now the Charlotte Hornets that's giving everybody problems. Right. <laughs> My boy. LaMelo, tough. Nah. It, it took him 10 years. A, a GM. GM. <laughs> he finally got it now. It took him 10 years to get it, but, but they I got it. it was, yeah. Uh, Johnson who owned the Bobcats, right? Yeah, Bob. Bob Johnson. Mm-hmm. So Bob Johnson, the first black brother to own the majority of team, and then. And he was uh, definitely uh, a pioneer. Definitely. But, uh, he sucked as a basketball. I think Odu's going to be a basketball owner when he retires. Uh, LeBron. LeBron, he'll be he, yeah he'll he'll be a good GM he'll he'll be a good GM. But what yeah, team he gonna buy into? Don't worry, they make him they make room for him. They're gonna make room for LeBron. Don't worry about it. Other than this one, you really think they'll make room for? They make room for Jordan. Yeah, those those are the brothers that are gonna be qualified to be able to get in and and own the team. Let's just hope he doesn't. He already owns teams now. It's just not basketball. Let's just just hope and pray he doesn't go all the way into movies because that's where he's going to. He's trying, though, man. He's Mm -hmm. trying to build a million million companies. Yeah, he he can't do movies. I I refuse to get Space Jam to try. You don't want him to act, right? I refuse (laughs) to watch LeBron's 
Space Jam. <laughs> it was terrible. You know, you, I refused to watch it. It was bad. It, it, I mean, it was aimed for kids, though. So That's, The original Space Jam was aimed for kids. And it but was, kids were more mature back then than now. Huh? Right, huh? No. Yeah. No. Not now. More than now. People so sensitive now. Yeah, your generation is soft. I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. They had to change Lola Right. Yeah, yeah, they uh, had it all the way just completely. Lola was fine. I do not care. <laughs> Lola Lola had the crop top jersey, the short shorts. True. Uh, 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 yeah, they now they, now, they got, oh, yeah, they got they got yeah, Lola that's Bunny. Why I refuse to watch it. They made so many changes to make it, yeah, they make it too Fit. politically right. correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's the that is just not is is is, is Lola Bunny a she? That's yes. the beauty of the modern day because of the concept of the long tail, meaning, you know, we grew up in the era, you had no choice. ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS. That was right. it. Now oh, there's so many outlets that you can find your space. And so they exactly. It's you, like, um, instead of worrying about, you know, where's my space? I'm looking for my space. Where's my tribe? Where's my group that wants? Right. Yep. And that's, that's really and the, and then you can just stay in your lane. They changed yeah. so much to Lola Bunny. Like they been, stuck on Lola yeah. Bunny. I'm stuck <laughs> on Lola. Oh, Lola. Why yeah. well, I, you I, said, to, well, I felt me. like bugs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lola. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and you're saying that you it's were the mature one. <laughs> it's not with right. people like you when they change Lola, buddy. You're the mature 16-year-old. If, if it wasn't Lola, if it wasn't Lola, it was Jessica Rabbit. Oh, I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that Rabbit. one. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we get to keep our money this week, fellas. Yes, you yes, do. You do. <laughs> Great questions. You definitely took me out my, my element there. Hey, that's what we aim to do. We're going to get you all comfortable, get good and ready, and be like, oh, I'm good. I got this. And then we're going to throw you a curveball. Okay, right. so who – let me – real quick question. Question for you guys. Who's the first – what was the first all-black professional salary basketball team? Starting five? So a basketball Celtics. team a basketball team that was owned by a black man – Oh. All the players were black, and they all were on salary. Harlem Globetrotters, interesting enough, though the Harlem Globetrotters are close to 100 years, mm, close to, yeah. they may be close to 100, over 100 years old, right? St. Louis Blackhawks. I believe they've only been on majority, majority. Majority of the time. Majority. They only had a majority black owner for about 12 years. Wow. Yeah. That's in the late 90s. Uh, yes, the St. Louis Blackhawks. I don't, I don't no, know. the Harlem Renaissance. And uh, the last name is Douglas. Sometimes I get it mixed up with Bob. His last name is Douglas, and he is the first guy to put his Black Fives team on salary. Wow. And John Wooden considered him the most dominant basketball team he ever he ever he ever uh, seen. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, because and here's the thing, and then I'll just cut my comments off here. The thing is. And I heard this, and this drove it home to me, because I think this is blasphemy, and this is the very first time I have bought into the idea that um, uh, ESPN and the media really are in cahoots with other organizations. Because he, Stephen A. Smith, 
had the goal to say that basketball started with the NBA in 1949. That is such a damaging concept to put out there. Right. Because you have the first black professional basketball player who is Harry Bucky Lou. Bucky Lou, 1902, 18 years old. And from there all the way up until the founding of the NBA in you 1946. Had 1946. Okay, you have all of these uh, black-owned teams, barnstorming. It was a whole community, a culture thing, right? right? Which now, because we're conditioned to associate basketball, NBA, NBA basketball, that there's no space in people's consciousness to to see something different, right? Right, and we barely talk about the first NBA black player. Yeah, yeah. But that's right, where how the game right. was all started and how Naismith created the game and right. No, yeah, it came NBA out. Just didn't come out of nowhere, right? They it came out of the YMCA was opening all black YMC, all YMCA's for black folks in black communities. They was executing their Christian duty and they was putting it in, and then from there, churches start putting. Um, courts in yeah. social clubs, and they start creating their own teams, and they start playing each the other. Local teams and everything uh, like that. Right. And then guys will start traveling around and barnstorming. It's, so it's like because basketball is such an easy sport to get. All you need is you, a basket, and a ball. It's the yep. most dynamic sport out there because, to your point, we can go out by ourselves, man. Moms may be getting on my nerves, etc. I can go out on that court by myself. I mean, that's why real basketball players, like, there's a refuge, there's a meditation. Every time right. I pick up a ball, it's like, ooh, right. the anointing, Definitely. you know. Definitely. And it's, it's, it's a special game. It's a special game. Definitely. Well, I do thank you both for coming to the show. Oh, thank you, um, Smith Fabulous. Can you, one more time, give everybody information on where they oh, can find you guys. Absolutely. First, let me give a shout out to my man, DJ Mustard, IG at DJ Mustard with a Z. Yes, sir. Don't forget the Z. It's important. <laughs> Don't forget the Z. It's important. Um, at No Backboards with an S. At No Backboards with an S. IG, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, if there's any business-minded people out there, you can find me at uh, Mark T. E-E-E Armstrong. Mark T. With a, Mark with a K. T-E-E Armstrong. And then the website is nobackboard.com. And if you're interested in becoming a member of the Social Club and really supporting this effort, you can also go to Patreon forward slash No Backboards with an S. Perfect. I already followed y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Up. That's it. All right. Thank you, Aisha. We appreciate it. Um, the game was excellent. Everything was excellent. Thank you guys for coming through. Everything was great. You already uh, let them know exactly where to get you and how to contact yes. you and everything. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's awesome. And, um, we want to appreciate we appreciate everybody listening. Make sure to go to abarientertainment.com for all your news, updates, and information that you want to get throughout the week. Um, also, sports, we also have that also. Um, well, we got the Suns win last night. That was big. Uh, beat Minnesota. We had Charlotte. The Suns beat, are uh, balling. Lakers. That's blowing my uh, mind. Yeah, Suns are good, man. And, um, um, uh, 
I gotta Russell, give Chris Paul his Westbrook. Dad. What he scored thirty five? He scored thirty in the first half. Wow. Seen that Westbrook? Yeah, yeah. Westbrook had they a let him lose. Finally. Yeah, yeah. I don't but think it was LeBron without play. Them. Yeah, without yeah, it LeBron and I don't AD. Think, yeah. Did they beat the Nets? Uh, they lost to the Charlotte. Oh, the Charlotte. Oh yeah, they going to lose that game. Yeah, they lost. I, they, I, I was, <laughs> I was like, they're not beating um, Charlotte. Charlotte ain't no at Charlotte. Man. No. Somebody shout just, out to Levar Ball. He did. He he did. He, he did, did his thing with his man. boys, man. Yep. You gotta, you gotta give it to him, man. Two out of three. No, I'm fine. <laughs> like like two and a half. No, right. The, the, the third one's yeah, gonna settle he'll, in he'll, the middle. He'll, he goes, he'll get it. He'll oh, get it together. He already. I mean, because he's already living a great. Come on, yeah. let's. He's living a great life. Definitely. True. True. He's true, already true. got. It. Mm-hmm. He's living a great life. I think he's, he's just, in the G League right he's now. He's in the G League. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't necessarily have to go to exactly. the NBA. Exactly. He's in the middle. No, he he's gonna manage cool. the businesses. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna have resources to find his yeah. lane. They, There's a third Manning brother too. Yep. Yeah. There's a third. They, uh, third uh, man Archie. Right. Right. I, I don't know no. if he was named. Archie's dad. Archie's but there's the dad. A, I thought. A, I thought the younger one. I thought his name was Archie too. I don't know. Oh, I could be wrong. Oh, wait a minute. There's four of them. Oh, is it? I thought because I, I thought know. there was a little art. No, there's, there's a there's a there's another generation. There's a third of them, oh, okay. but they have a, like a nephew or cousin. Oh yeah, he's going to be good. Oh, yeah, okay. there's yeah. like a, I think it's uh, the one who didn't play, son. That's that's looking mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, wow. it might yeah, be him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like same high school they all yeah. went to too. Yep. Went to the same high school. Still connected. Yep. Yeah, and he's probably going to go on to Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow, or Mississippi. Yep, Mississippi. Whatever. Um, but uh, hey, what's up? Um, Draymond Green is on inside the NBA. Uh, what's it called? That TNT show with Shaq and uh, Chuck. Yeah, yeah Draymond would be on uh, TV after he's done. Oh yeah, yeah. I he's, think so. He's great. Have you he checked his podcast fun. out yet? No, yeah, I haven't. But it's it. yeah. he's really good, man. Yeah, yeah he's he, really he good. He will be thing. on TV uh, in the future once he hang it up. He has a a great career in television. Yeah, because he's a excellent speaker. I yeah. love what he does. But hey, we pr- appreciate you guys. Until next week, awesome. Allah. Exit out. I did. It's Taylor. I have because I have to download it from here. I got it.